A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And in this episode, we're talking Australian film Bosch and Rocket, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And we're about to dive into Aussie film Bosch and Rocket, like you said, Lee. So let's cover off what it's about. So Bosch and Rocket is inspired by true stories from the life of writer and director Tyler Atkins. Set against the beautiful backdrop of the east coast of New South Wales, Australia, the coming-of-age story follows young surfer Rocket as he gets caught up in his dad's bid to escape arrest for drug dealing. What surfaces is an exploration of the fractured and raw bond between father and son. Bosch and Rocket is directed by Tyler Atkins from a screenplay by Atkins and Drew Metz from a story by Atkins. The film stars Luke Hemsworth, Isabel Lucas, Leanna Walsman, Savannah Lorraine and introducing Rasmus King as Little Rocket. So the film is based on and inspired by the life and living of Tyler Atkins, the writer-director. And who is Tyler Atkins? So Tyler Atkins, he's an award-winning filmmaker and he has surfed and lived that sort of culture for his whole life in Byron Bay around the world. He was actually part of the surfing buddy team that won the first season of Amazing Race Australia. That is cool. Yeah, and he's an actor. And he's an actor. He does it all. He's a jack of all trades. Yeah. I want to share where this story came from. Sure. So it's a story about him and his dad. He was about 12 or 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until he got older in his life that he had to start healing with his parents and dealing with the trauma that he experienced as a child. And Tyler got to a place where he ultimately learned how to forgive his parents by doing things like meditation, yoga, and leaning Mm. into and discovering his spirituality. So with Bosch and Rocket, he wanted to tell 
a healing story. He mm-hmm. wanted to tell a story about parenting and unconscious parenting and how those choices can affect children as they grow up. Unconscious parenting is an interesting phrase. What does it mean exactly, do you think? I feel that it's about making decisions that you don't realise how they affect those around you. You think Mm. you're doing the right thing by protecting them, but the domino effect is that ultimately everything comes to a head and you have to confront the truth and that is a journey that is unique to everyone. So ultimately the protagonist of this film, Rocket, is an avatar for Tyler Atkins? Yes. He is Rocket. He is Rocket. And Mm. Bosch, played by Luke Hemsworth, is Tyler's father in some way. His father was actually a marijuana dealer as Bosch is in the film. Mm. There's creative license involved here. Yes. But it is inspired by the whole sentiment Mm. around a father-son and finding forgiveness Mm. and that human connection. Yeah. I think beyond the story, this is also a snapshot of life in the 90s. Right. Before social media, when kids roamed free for the day and kept themselves busy by eating chips by the beach or exploring outdoors or surfing. It's a really nostalgic world to be immersed in and I enjoyed being part of that but also there's the sinister side where you know kids roaming free but the father really doesn't know what his kid is up to no not that he's up to anything dodgy but he gives him money and says don't come back before midnight right because he's got a girl over and he wants to have that sort of space and that time with them things like that are really confronting about Mm. that world yeah and I mean I didn't grow up like that. So I didn't find any mm. of that particularly relatable because, gosh, my dad would never just give me 50 bucks and say, no. come back at midnight no. at the age of 14. You had to be home when the streetlights came on. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And especially in a world where we grew up when there weren't cell phones or social media. Yeah. So there was no other way other than a face-to-face conversation with your parent yep. that had a curfew and you were home and they knew exactly where you were despite yeah. you know not being able to track you. Another thing for maybe our international audiences. Yeah. Okay. This is an Australian film. It's a very Australian film. Quintessentially yeah, such. <laughs> exactly. And the Aussie accent really hits the ear in a, let's say, unique way. Yeah? Mm, it's mm-hmm. fast. The words run into each other. It has a drawn-out drawl to it. You know, by and by gets said a lot. By and by. By and by. So that can be a little disconnecting. Mm. I think for international audiences, but this is, as you said, a quintessentially Australian film. We're we're so self-judgmental about Mm. how we sound, right? I I settled into this okay, but the thing that jumped out at me, and I didn't really have much of an issue with it, but I'm keen to understand if Mm. you did, there is a lot of swearing in this movie. I was going to bring this up, and I'm no prude, but I don't think all that swearing was necessary. There's a lot of the see you next Tuesday word, a lot of fucking this, fucking that. (laughs) <laughs> you actually spoke to the director, mm. Tyler Atkins, yes. and Rasmus King, the star, and a few of the other cast, Luke Hemsworth, name drop, yeah. in a series of Q&As and got some really great insight into why he felt the swearing was necessary. Do you want to share that with our listeners? Yeah, Tyler had told me personally and then also on the panel when, I, when we were discussing with the audience that he had to fight to keep the swear words in Mm. the cut. Because when you think about the rating, this Bosch and Rocket has an MA15 plus rating in Australia. If this gets distribution Mm. in America, it will 100% get what their equivalent is in our rating. Mm. So he he fought for it because for the simple reason of maintaining that authenticity about how people speak to each other and the area of Australia and Byron Bay, just yeah. how they communicate, that it's really colloquial. Yeah, and especially the age range of, yes. the, of the teenagers. Yes. Yeah, he's got a point too. It is authentic, but it does get dull to listen to on film. I started to switch off 
when it was right. happening so often. Every time they drop the C-bomb, you're like, there's another one, there's yeah. another one. Yeah. Mm. yeah, when every second word is fucking this, fucking that, fucking this, I think, oh. And he's not wrong. It's authentic. Mm. But in terms of entertainment value and watching it on screen, it can disconnect the audience. Now, can we just build on the dialogue for a hot minute? Because mm. I think you'll agree that at times it does get cheesy. There's some really sentimental mm. lines in the movie, but they're really sweet and I think they're absolutely intentional. Yeah. The film is told through the eyes of Rocket and so that needs to be understood in order to accept, you know, what comes your way. Mm. I had no issue with the sentimental lines. I thought they were really sweet and full mm. of heart because when you're talking about a film about forgiveness, love and human connection, yeah. they affected me deeply. See, that word forgiveness keeps coming up in the description of this film mm. and the consensus is the film is uplifting. I don't know that it is. I don't know that I felt uplifted after watching it. I felt quite deflated right. after watching Bosch and Rocket. But that's also a valid response. You know, you don't always have to go skipping out of the cinema for yeah. it to resonate and have an important impact and tell an important story. I don't think I was buying the forgiveness aspect between father and son. Mm. Maybe an acceptance in maturity yeah. as he grew older. I just didn't feel that understanding. Maybe it was what the film represented was the first step towards forgiveness. Yes, And maybe. so ultimately over the years when Bosch and Rocket develop their relationship further and mm. further, they ha now have a foundation that they can build across that is even because it was very mm. uneven before. That's a good way of, of looking at it, definitely. And speaking of, you know, years passing, the father drops off the face of the earth for a full year. For a whole year. And as the audience, we don't get any insight into why or where he is until later when there's some hasty exposition to explain. Mm. I found that disconnecting as well. Mm. Then again, it's from Rocket's point of view and yeah. he doesn't know where his dad is. He doesn't know where so his dad is. So why should we know where he is? And poor kid though, he often asks his father when his mum's coming back. Mm. He gets abandoned constantly and then throughout the film his dad leaves him for mm. a year. So there is that disconnect. You're feeling isolated along with Rocket. Yeah. But I guess that timeline, unless you miss the line here and there, you don't fully understand how long he's been left yes. alone or left isolated yeah. or kind of put in a position that was completely out of his control. He had no choice. Yeah, there are some plot holes that are explained away. The pivotal love interest of the father, for mm. example, played by Isabel Lucas, She's introduced as a prominent character, mm. but for what purpose? Only to be explained away briefly later on. I think she was a vessel for a distraction for the character of Bosch. Mm. She didn't ask many questions, did she? She just went along with mm. it yeah. and supported them. I guess there's that understanding that if some people are in crisis and you're there for them and you try not to judge them, that that's the sort of vibe I got from mm. her character. I don't know that she was a fully formed character enough to been there and then, as I said, just drop off the face of the earth and later on return. and be explained away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the characters for a second. We have to talk about Rasmus King, mm. who is an absolute superstar in the making. Right. This is his first film. He's giving an incredibly genuine performance. I likened him to a young Heath Ledger. Really? I know it's a cop-out to compare someone to another actor. That's what people do. He's his own actor and he's going to be phenomenal. Uh, he's poised to take off in the US too. And, you know, I just really hope that the Hollywood machine doesn't polish his raw talent too mm. much. Well, look, I'm very confident because I got to spend a bit of time with Rasmus earlier this week. Mm. He's got his head screwed on. Yeah. And he's genuinely excited and surprisingly humble about the whole experience. Mm. And it's a beautiful relationship between Savannah, Luke, Tyler and Rasmus. I saw that firsthand and you and those that were in the audience would have seen that in the Q&A. Mm. He's got great mentors 
from right at the beginning of his career and I can't wait to follow him. But it's not a bad first gig as a professional surfer, right? Yeah. And then your first acting gig, your character spends a lot of the time in the water <laughs> surfing. Yes. So that must have been a really good big yes. tick for, for him. He's so magic in his performance. He yeah. really is. But he's magic on the water too. And I think one thing that benefits his performance is that the film was filmed in chronological order. Yes. So by the time you get to Rocket confronting his father, Rasmus has worked his way up to this emotional performance mm. both on screen and behind the scenes mm. and it just hits really, really well. I love that you are following Rasmus developing his ability as an actor yeah. right in front of you on screen because, as you said, chronological order, that's very rare in filmmaking. Yeah. First day of shooting could be the last scene in the film and the next day could be midway through. Yeah. So the fact that the creative decision was to follow the story mm. in order benefits the audience and benefits the actors, benefits the character development. Mm. And I actually didn't know that until after I'd seen the film and it made me look back with a different lens yeah. and take a whole other experience about what I had seen and why it felt so much more profound at the end because you were literally following the development of these characters in real time and yeah. the improvement in the performance for those key scenes of conflict and confrontation as well in the back end. They wouldn't have been that good if they filmed them on the first day of shooting, if yeah. you know what I mean. 100%. Really, really important. 100%. And we're going to see Rasmus King in upcoming autobiographical film of Daniel Johns' life. Oh, we're so excited from for that. From Silverchair, yeah. It's just a 30-minute short film, but I really can't wait to see it. It's called What If the Future Never Happened. Silverchair was such a big part of my teenage years. Like, yes. If you know who Silverchair are, they were absolutely huge in Australia. I just can't wait to see this. Now, let's talk about Luke Hemsworth. The most interesting thing mm. about his piece of casting is that he was only brought on two weeks before production was to begin. Why is that? Did you get intel into that? Oh, I did. There's some sort of confidence in me keeping that story mm -hmm. to myself. Okay. But the lead role was available mm -hmm. and he reached out to Luke Hemsworth and Luke wasn't sure about taking it on. He had some reservations. He liked the script, but he was nervous about it. Mm -hmm. He had a coffee with Tyler. They spoke for hours and they were on the same page and they gelled really well and he signed on basically there and there, there and camera started rolling two weeks later. And I have to call out initially the great chemistry between Luke Hemsworth and Rasmus King. Yeah. They're really good mates and that sort of mentor with someone who had never acted before to someone who has been acting for decades. Mm. It's really nice to see that play out on screen in yeah. a beautiful relationship like father and son like Bosch and Rocket. A hundred percent. And there's this joke amongst Australia that Luke Hemsworth is the forgotten Hemsworth, he's the older brother, but he's one of the most talented dramatic actors of the family. He's excellent. We've just seen him in the new season of Westworld as security guard Stubbs. Yes. Hopefully he'll get to come back for the fifth and final season. We'll see. But yeah, that chemistry between him and Rasmus is incredible. It really translates to the screen. And I think you never doubt Bosch's love for his son never. through that performance, even if the parenting leaves a lot to be desired. That's just a credit to Hemsworth's range that we don't hate this character. Yes, I, I never hated Bosch either. You were empathetic towards him despite his constructive and suitable parental advice doesn't really come naturally. He's not very good at some things. I don't know that I would say empathetic really? towards him. No, I just didn't hate him. Mm, okay, fair enough. I thought he was a bit of a hapless father figure and, you know, meant well but had no clue basically. Yeah, he's got a lot to learn about yeah. himself and his life choices and I feel like he was paving the way for mm. that in the movie. Let's talk about Savannah Lorraine 
who is, well, the love interest, I guess you would say. Ash Ash. Ash Ash. She's gorgeous and also has wonderful chemistry with Rasmus King. I mean, yeah. he just, Rasmus just has great chemistry with everyone, doesn't he? He's he just really such a does. genuine, genuine person. And I think that really translates into his performance. The Ash Ash Rocket friendship is quite beautiful. Mm. It develops into, you know, young love. It's really innocent. And there's that consistency that Rocket needed in his life. And it came yes. with Ash Ash. And it was just so cute. Yes. It was just so lovely. Because they're quite mismatched too. Yeah, I would say. In terms of development, height. Height, all those things. But it works. Well, he doesn't go to school, she does. Yeah. Opposites attract in a way, but they found each other in a place of, you know, need in their own sense. Yeah. And it was serendipitous that they were to find each other. And in terms of the real life story that this draws from, her character is introduced earlier than she appeared in, in real life. Just to give that character, as you said, someone to talk to, an outlet, so he's not just abandoned completely. Yeah. You know, he has the surf. That's the connection that's really important to him. And we'll mm. talk about the amazing cinematography and the landscape in a second. But yeah, Ash Ash is also someone to take the edge off, to talk to, to hang out with and gets him through, I guess. Gets him through. That's right. And when the world comes crashing down around him, she's that ray of sunshine, that's if you right. will. And isn't she just she a ray is. of sunshine? She is a ray of sunshine. Amazing. Speaking of sunshine, yes, we've got to talk about the cinematography. Please, award-winning cinematographer Ben Knott, who did Danger Clothes and How to Please a Woman more recently, mm. he just knows how to capture the best of Australia, and there are no bad shots of Australia, in my opinion. It's impossible to make this country of ours look ugly on film. Right. I think I'm going to say that. I can make that wide <laughs> statement. And it's true. It's true. I just love living here, and when you see films like this, it makes you appreciate even more what we have right on our doorstep. This film is almost a love letter to Byron Bay and northern mm. northern New South Wales and that coastal region. Obviously the connection that Tyler Atkins has with that area, being a surfer himself. Yeah. Luke Hemsworth lives in Byron Bay. So does Rasmus. He grew up there. Mm. So there's that beautiful connection that you cannot forge in a mm. performance. And the cinematography out on the water was just stunning. Yep. I found that really mesmerising, meditative yep. because it, it serves as Rocket's safe haven, his safe space. It does. And how it's captured on film is simply stunning. And beautiful dolphins cutting through mm. the water, mm. the waves crashing, the sunshine, all those beautiful backlit shots of Rasmus when he's off by himself wandering around, coming back from the surf. and Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful to watch. The film takes a lot of nice, big, deep breaths to let you settle in and you connect with the surroundings because Mm. it's so important to the characters and it's its own character in of itself. And the whole film was filmed on location. There wasn't any sound stages used for the production. So all the houses, exteriors, everything was real in the moment and that adds another layer of authenticity that Tyler was going for. You want to talk about the music Mm. briefly. The music reflects a really unique time and place in surf culture and beachside living in Mm. Australia. It's a real upbeat but laid back vibe. I loved the soundtrack of this film and every single Q&A that I did, someone in the audience wanted to know more about the music and how much of a profound impact it had on connecting with the story. The music soundtrack is by Brian Caccia. It's stunning and I've been listening to it all week while driving around running errands. And you can stream it on Spotify now so you can catch it there. It evokes such a big emotion and I feel it really complements the hypnotising visuals of Ben Knott. It's the perfect marriage between visual and audio. Mm. 
it helps carry this film beautifully. And I think it's fortuitous that all of these really talented filmmakers came together at this time because Mm. this was filmed during COVID. Yes. And a lot of projects had been put on hold. And so there were a lot of people who had free time in their schedules that probably wouldn't have normally. It's actually a miracle that this film actually got made. In talking to Tyler and him sharing the Mm. journey from script to screen, he'd been writing the script for six years and they finished filming it two years ago. And he, he funded it himself, right? He funded $500,000 of it himself because he couldn't secure the relevant funding. They were going week to week without mm. any money. The universe really backed this project. And I'm really glad that it now exists and is being shared with the world. Well, on that note, let's wrap up our review of Bosch and Rocket. Lived experience can be a really powerful creative tool and authenticity in stories just makes for a deeper connection between audience and filmmaker. And that is certainly the case with Bosch and Rocket. It's a moving coming of age tale about the power of unconditional love with wonderful performances and just gorgeous cinematography. I highly recommend you watch it. I'm giving it three popcorn kernels out of five. Bosch and Rocket really took me by surprise. I loved this film and I'm genuinely excited for people to discover it. The intention behind making this film came from such passion and a vulnerable place and you can tell by the finished product on screen. Its beautiful cinematography and soundtrack guide a powerful story of human connection and forgiveness through love and presents as a relatable Aussie story with a big heart that wears its lessons about life on its sleeve. The cast are all very good, but it is Rasmus King who stands out, delivering a very strong debut with a powerful and convincing performance. I'm going to rate Bosch and Rocket for Popcorn Kernels. There you have it, guys. Bosch and Rocket is in Australian cinemas from August 18. We highly recommend that you check it out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Okay, Lee, before we jump into news, a reminder that we have popcorn podcast giveaways running at the moment. First up, you can still win five double passes to see upcoming drama True Things in Australian cinemas from September 1st. In True Things, Kate, played by Ruth Wilson, finds herself drawn to a mysterious new man, played by Tom Burke, after a chance encounter and embarks on an emotionally dangerous journey that slowly begins to consume her. To be in with a chance of winning a double pass, with thanks to Kismet Movies, head to popcornpodcast.com forward slash giveaways and submit the form with your details, telling us why you love going to the cinema. Entries are open to Australian residents only until Wednesday, August 24. But not only that, you can also win a double pass to see horror film Orphan First Kill in cinemas from September 1. The prequel to the 2009 film Orphan stars Isabel Thurman as an abandoned child with psychotic 
tendencies. Goodness. Don't they all? <laughs> <laughs> to grab yourself one of three double passes, head to the Popcorn Podcast Instagram page. Make sure you're following us and tag the friend you want to take in the comments. The giveaway is open until Sunday, August 28. Now, Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ sequel is currently in development. I had no idea this was coming. Neither did I. It's titled Resurrection. I mean, if that you will. Makes sense. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jim Caviezel will be reprising his role as Jesus with Maya Morganston as Mary, Francesco DeVito as Peter, and Christo Jivkov as John also returning. The Passion of the Christ was released back in 2004 and became an absolute box office sensation, grossing over US $600 million on a very modest US $30 million budget. But it was also met with a lot of criticism for how brutally violent it Mm. was. And of course, you know, its subject matter is very controversial. Throw religion in anywhere and you've got fights on your hands. 100%. I don't think we've ever had a sequel to a Jesus story before. You know, sequels, fever gone mad, perhaps? What do you think about getting a sequel to a Jesus story? Usually with Jesus stories. Jesus, the reckoning. Jesus, the reckoning. Christ. Maybe you should consider that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Pun not intended. Pun not intended. Usually when you have a Jesus story, Mm. it tells the whole story. So he's already risen or whatever and it's wrapped up in a neat bow. Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ ended with his death. So the writing has been on the wall for almost 20 Mm. years that the next part of the story is his resurrection and here's the sequel, but it still feels a little odd. I think it's the title because it's called Resurrection. It just makes me think of Matrix Resurrection. (laughs) Like no shit. (laughs) Like he's going to put on a trench coat and (laughs) go running through the... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's Jesus in modern times and he's resurrected himself in 2022. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Watch this space. Moving on. Viola Davis is the latest sensational piece of casting for the upcoming Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and she is going to play the film's antagonist. Obsessed with this. Great piece of casting. Amazing. So Lionsgate Motion Picture Group President Nathan Kahane said, The Hunger Games films have always been elevated by their exceptional casting, and we are thrilled to be continuing that tradition with Viola Davis as Volumnia Gaul, her formidable and powerful presence will add layers of complexity and menace to this story. Will it ever? <laughs> her character is a brilliant and eccentric strategist who is instrumental in shaping a young Coriolanus Snow into the man that he will become. We also got a first look image of Rachel Ziegler's Lucy Gray Baird and Tom Blythe as Snow lying in the grass with their fingers entwined. So I guess it's a bit of a love story. Of course it is. We love to see it. And the highly anticipated prequel will be in cinemas on November 16 of 2023. Now, Tim, a 10th Saw film has been announced this week with a release date of October 2023, just in time for Halloween. Of course. Of course. I can't believe the 10th one. So producers Mark Berg and Oren Kules said, we have been listening to what the fans have been asking for and hard at work planning a movie that saw aficionados and horror fans alike will love. And part of that is giving the reins to Kevin Grutert, director of Saw 6, which is still one of the fans' favourite in the entire series. More details will be revealed soon. Now, it's not known if this will serve as a sequel to the recent spin-off from Chris Rock's Spiral from the Book of Saw, which didn't light up the box office or us, nor fans of the billion-dollar franchise. 
So the plot of this new entry is under wraps, but no doubt it would deliver on many twisted, gory traps and a mystery to be solved, as is the formula of this franchise. What do you think about this? I liked Saw 1 and 2, and that's where I stopped. Right. It was smart. It was shocking. It was different. It was clever. Mm. And then it just fell off. In terms of horror franchises, though, it's one of the biggest ones. Yes. And I think people really enjoy watching these films. Mm, Huge fan base. For what they are. Yeah. So I think it'll be well received. Look, I'm excited for the fan base that are looking forward to this to get a Saw film that meets their expectations because Mm. Spiral from the Book of Saw did not. No. And so I guess they're trying to right their wrongs here and good luck to them. Now, I'm interested in this news, Tim. Embracer Mm. Group has become the one to rule them all this week, having acquired Middle Earth Enterprises, which was formerly Tolkien Enterprises, from the Sol Zents Company. Yeah, that's right. So this deal gives Embracer the rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit film trilogies and any Tolkien-related movies, video games, board games, merchandising, theme parks and stage productions. Mm, I don't know how I feel about this. This feels a bit, woo, we're going to just go crazy with the franchising. Yeah, like Disney have done with Marvel, like Disney have done Mm. with Star Wars, like Disney are, I guess, about to do with Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't know. Gosh. CEO and founder Lars Wingerfors said, I'm truly excited to have The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit one of the world's most epic fantasy franchises joined the Embracer family. Going forward, we also look forward to collaborating with both existing and new external licensees of our increasingly strong IP portfolio. I guess he's referring to Amazon and the new yeah. big TV series which launches in September. The Rings of Power. The Rings of Can't Power. Can't wait to see that. Me too. Oh my gosh, it's so, 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 so close. Well, Embracer said it will explore, and I quote, additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragon, Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, what, see, are we going to get origin spin-off stories yeah, for all of them? Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about that. I love these stories. You know how much I love Gosh, Lord of the Rings. I'm with you, girl. But to just pick it apart for all the meat that it's worth mm-hmm. makes me nervous. They probably spent a pretty penny acquiring these rights too. Yeah. So they've left themselves no choice but to churn out content. But I am nervous with you. I hope mm. they approach this right. Now, in an open letter published by Deadline ahead of the debut of his new documentary, Stuts, which he directed, Jonah Hill has announced this week that he will no longer promote his films to protect his mental health. Stuts is about Hill's relationship with his therapist, Phil Stutz, whom Hill began seeing in 2017 at the recommendation of fellow actor Joaquin Phoenix. In the film, Hill and his therapist discuss his mental health. I am really here for this. Same. I think this is a really smart decision because you have to look after your mental health and the consensus that this is what actors signed up for by becoming actors, I don't agree with. And it sounds funny saying that as a journalist because I participate in that industry. But, yeah, I completely am on board with doing what you need to do for your mental health and you expect laymen to be able to have considerations taken in place for their own mental health at their own workplace. Why not actors? I completely agree. Well, let's hear from Hill himself because he wrote an open letter and I quote, 
Through this journey of self-discovery within the film, I have come to the understanding that I have spent nearly 20 years experiencing anxiety attacks, which are exacerbated by media appearances and public-facing events. That breaks my heart Mm -hmm. that he has been enduring that for two decades and it's taken him this long to listen to his body and, and do something about it. He continued, with this letter and with Stutz, I'm hoping to make it more normal for people to talk and act on this stuff so they can take steps towards feeling better and so that the people in their lives might understand their issues more clearly. Now, it doesn't mean that he's not going to promote his films in some way, but he needs to find a way to do that that is also comfortable for him. And I completely applaud that. Amazing. Well, on that very encouraging note, that's another jam-packed episode Mm -hmm. of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. We reviewed Aussie drama Bosch and Rocket. And you can see that one in Australian cinemas from August 18, and we highly recommend that you do. As always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.